0: Ag Over Easy is the new podcast from Channel where you get breakfast with a side of agronomic insights. Enjoy some food for thought while you get fresh takes on different topics from a wide range of farm industry experts. Coming soon to channelpodcasting.com and Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen. Hi there! Welcome back to Channel Chat Season 2. I'm your host, Amity Shedd, and we're in Wahoo, Nebraska for this episode, visiting with Channel Seedsman Colby Woods and his Sentara sales and training specialist, Jessica Grubbs. Colby's been a Seedsman for almost two years now, and for the last few months, he's been working with Jessica to learn how to fly a drone and use the Sentara software to scout his farmer's fields. We actually got to see the drone in action when we were out there to record the podcast, and it's actually pretty cool. It's pretty amazing what these little machines can do. Jessica's an expert on the Sentara software It is super educated on drones now and what the future could hold for the smart flying machines. So let's go ahead and get this conversation started. Today we're in Wahoo, Nebraska with Channel Seedsman Colby Woods and Sales and Training Specialist for Sentara, Jessica Grubbs. Welcome, you guys. Thanks for taking time today to come talk to us.
1: You bet. Thank you.
0: (laughs) So let's start off with some introductions. Um... Jessica, since you're the lady, if you would like to start (laughs) off. I work for
2: Sintera. I get the joy of uh, selling and educating people on the technology that drones have, um, and then also training them on how to do it.
0: And Sintera, can you explain or talk a little bit about that company?
2: I can. Uh, So Sintera is world known for uh, their sensors, so their NDVI, NDRE sensors, so crop health uh, sensors. Um, and with those sensors, uh, we've built out uh, analytics products so that you can do more than just crop health. You can do stand counts, which is, you know, kind of what Colby was really focused on, and weed density maps. And we continue to build out software to to help farmers.
0: Mm-hmm. And you help Colby.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one day I got an email from Sentair that they were offering a certain package and got in contact with Jessica. And now we're... We're learning and going every day, something new with the drones. So yeah, it's been fun and exciting.
0: And how long ago was that?
1: That would have been, gosh, I think right around April. April, because I said it, May, I think is when I did my first drone flight. April so. of this year. Yeah, yep.
0: Okay, so you two have worked together since that point. Mm-hmm. How's it going? Just I think around. it's going pretty good. Yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> good. So that is your job, am I correct, of traveling around and training? Who do you work with? Who's your clientele?
2: Um, so yep, so seedsmen, uh, CCAs in general, any any agronomist that's out there. And
0: how often are you down here working with Colby?
2: Uh person to person. I think we've been together twice. Yeah. And most of the time, it's a. Any stream of text and calls. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Sounds similar to your farmers calling you. It's like she's your seedsman only. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Those yeah. Like I said, yeah, sometimes also. it's a lot of questions and it's, you know, have you called support yet? Like, no, I'll just call you first. Like, Why would <laughs> right. I call support when I call you? <laughs> right. Good.
0: That's a good relationship. So obviously you've learned a lot from her. Mm-hmm. What has she taught you with, she teach you drone 101 like you have you ever yeah. flown a drone before or nope. is this completely new to you
1: nice thing with the the field agent which is the software that centera offers for the scouting um the drone really kind of flies itself if you, you set up the field boundaries where you want it um you tell it the job or the flight you want it to type of flight you want it to fly and it kind of does it for you so that part was pretty easy mm-hmm. yeah she, like i said she came over we did the the flight 101 and then went through how to you know use the software um, you know, because basically everything's—it's all imagery, so it's all on a mini SD card that's in the drone. Yeah, it's been—it honestly, it's been pretty easy to to learn. Yeah, I was very intimidated. Yeah. To begin with, flying a drone—I I don't want to wreck this. I'm like, how durable are they? Right. And she's like, how well, you don't want course. to run it directly into a tree, but <laughs> you know, at the same time.
0: <laughs> how did the first flight go?
1: It was good. It you know, it was good. So basically, we f- flew around here at home without you know the actual. Software, but we using the software, it was pretty easy. We what, set it to 400 feet and it took off and did a probably a what an acre worth. Yeah, we did know. a soccer
2: field here, yeah, in town. soccer field.
1: Yeah, we did a <laughs> soccer field and it and it flew that and it took all of four minutes, you know. But it was it's neat to kind of see how that works, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like a like a video game, kind of say, yeah. So so it, it's pretty it's got
0: the controller, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, so
1: and then. It has a screen, so you can kind of, you know, you can see where you're flying. So if you're kind of, you know, at least have some hand-eye coordination, it's pretty easy to figure yeah. out. So
0: Yeah, and why did you make the choice to go ahead through with learning all this stuff? What benefit does it bring your customers and your farmers?
1: You know, we kind of want to be on the, on the front end of this, because I think, you know, drones are going to start showing up more and more in agriculture, and especially in our scouting, because... Um, you know, it's that idea of getting 100% coverage of the of the acres. You know, mm-hmm. when we, we walk by foot, yeah, a guy can walk a majority of a, a field and get a good idea of what's going on. But with, with the drones, we can cover, um, you know, 100% of the acres. And within, like, what, an 80-acre field takes 20 minutes to fly? So, you know, you're, you're saving time there. You're getting, you know, a snapshot, like actual live data out, you know, in the growers' hands of what's going on in that field. Um, Like I said, it doesn't take much time at all. So, you know, it's, it's being more efficient. It's giving, you know, farmers the information and data that they need to make, you know, on time decisions throughout the growing season. So that was a big part of it. And I said, I kind of want to be the first one out there. You know, I want to be out there before a lot of the other guys are, you know, so that was kind of another Another factor, and honestly, you know, Nebraska summers get hot, and walking cornfields when it's above your head isn't all that fun. So, you know, that that's another perk.
0: <laughs> I get it. This particular area, what's different, interesting, or maybe even harder about farming in um, Eastern Nebraska specifically, and how does the how? What's the benefit of having a drone to help you through that too?
1: In, in eastern Nebraska, you know, we got kind of a little bit of everything. There's there's dryland farmers, but then we do have you know irrigation um, around, but yeah, I mean there's a we see everything. We have you know basically all the pests, you know we get all the diseases. So just having the drone out there to to scout to you know make my time more efficient on the farm, you know, get, and get the data back. We can kind of keep on top of things.
0: Um, Jessica, how has I mean, drones weren't always around, and they weren't always used for this purpose. So, how have you how have you seen that change in your business? And how popular is this is using this kind of technology now?
2: Yeah, so uh, kind of similar to Colby, I came from a co op where we had a drone, and the main purpose of the drone was if something went wrong, the drone went out to see from the sky what was going on. That was literally the only thing you did with it. So. Um, to come in now and have a whole mission plan and it goes out and it does, you know, pretty much does everything it needs to do and comes back to you, like that's way simpler than, than even what we had before. Um, so I continue to see improvements even in the flight planning and different things like obstacle avoidance and things like that to make it Uh, easier to do. But the thing I see is the software, like how much more can you do with it? Mm -hmm. Um, So the drone goes out and flies and makes it easy. But what do you do with it when it comes back to you? So stand counts was a big part of uh, what Colby does with his business. Um, Weed pressure is becoming more popular. I mean, there's a lot of things you're not thinking about that you could be doing with that drone. So, you know, we have guys doing residue management. So they'll fly it and they'll see how much residue is and and do a prescription tillage off of it. And Mm And, you know, Crop Health makes different prescriptions so you can go out for for potash or nitrogen or or other things along those lines. It's just a whole slew of software solutions that that you could be using on your farm or even just for your customers to have a better, more data points and more actionable things to do.
0: And what has the general reaction been from your farmers and farmers you've dealt with when they use a drone for the first time or as they start to incorporate that on their fields? I
1: would say, you know, they're very curious. Like I said, I've had a couple of guys that are, that pull up when I'm flying a field and they're wondering what I'm doing to stand on the edge of the field, looking <laughs> up in the sky. And, and I, you know, then I show them the remote and the iPad, the screen of what's going on. So yeah, so they're very intrigued. Uh, I think that they're happy that I'm the one doing it and not them because they don't quite trust themselves to do it, but they also, Um, They like the information they're getting back, the data. I mean, that's, you know, nowadays farmers are, they are, they're getting more and more information and they they need more information on decisions they're making. So like I said, they're intrigued by it. They like it. Um, They like, like I said, they like the data that's coming from the flights that we do. So I think that's probably where they're accepting it more. Like I said, no, no one's really like been against it or, you know, freaked out buy it at all I said they all like said they they like it the more and more they see it they understand what it is and they appreciate it because like I said yeah you are getting over all their acres in a timely fashion so like I said I I think it's kind of going to change the way we scout going forward
0: Mm -hmm. do you get the same I guess impression from farmers you work with yeah. But well, that's kind of sure. your job, I guess, is to make them more comfortable using the drones, right? <laughs> that's right. Nobody showed up with a shotgun yet to shoot out of the sky, so
2: all bonuses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I get a lot of the same reaction. You know, what are you doing at the field edge looking at yeah. the sky? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, um, you know, and you show them, and they're like, "Wow, that's really cool! I didn't realize you could do that with a drone, or I didn't realize, you know, how much time does it take you?" Or, you know, as a, as a CCA, you think about, "All right, I can go out and I can scout a field and I can do three to five spots, and you know, that's only three to five spots in eighty acres. If I can do a whole field in the same amount of time, like that's a bigger advantage for that
0: grower versus my random checks, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Colby, you kind of touched on it with it's more information, and farmers use it to make decisions. How much information and technology is too much? I know that's kind of a different way to think about it, Mm -hmm. but when you think they're getting, they have their own intuition about what they want to do, and they get advice from their season or whoever, how do you guys help them sort through all that to make the best decision for the farm? Because it's a lot.
1: Yeah. I don't think we're quite there with, like, I know what you mean by too much information but like i said yeah i could tell a guy all these things about like a certain corn hybrid you know what it does but really they they want to know placement you know where where what on my acre where is it going to go where does it fit best and so when we get that and then we use these tools like with the drones and scouting it's just kind of to support where we place these hybrids you know like how you know did we place it in the right spot? Is it, is it doing good? Is it the plant health the way we want it? We can look at other factors throughout the year. Like we know, um, you know, mother nature can be, you know, basically one of our biggest factors depending on how things grow. So, um, I said, yeah, I use it a lot to when we're doing field health, you know, we've made, um, decisions and recommendations on when to fertilize you know we noticed that the corn crop wasn't doing as well as we want so we gave it an extra shot of fertilizer through the growing season and then you know we got and fly the drone maybe a couple days afterwards and you could see the health of the plant increase so they're you know that can they see that as a positive because they don't have to wait all the way till yield you know before we would you know are we doing the right thing well we can actually see in the imagery, that yes, you know the the field health, you know the plant is increased in health, so therefore, you know we're getting bang for our buck, right. you know. And um, like I said, I guys will tell you when they've had too much information or what what they're looking for. Yeah. Really, I mean, you just gotta ask the right questions. You know, there's some guys that want everything. You know, they want you know all the maps, all the you know stand counts, or some guys that want a, a couple fields that are maybe their best fields. So it just kind of depends on grower to grower, right? You know, what, what they want. And they said they'll tell you. Yeah. So that's kind of what I yeah. see.
2: What do you see, Jessica? I see no such thing as too much information myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like when I make a prescription, I'm always like, give me everything you have. Even if you think it was a bad year, I want to see it. I want to see how the soil types uh, reacted to different situations. I want to see anything I can learn to try to help you make a better decision for next year. So I've never felt like there's too much information, but that's just me. Yeah, Yeah,
1: it's got to be the right information. You know, like there could be a lot of other stuff. But, I mean, like Jessica said, yeah, there's a lot of farmers that, you know, you look at certain things, you want to have all the clues, you want to have all, you know, what's going on when we're trying to diagnose a problem. If The more information, the more things you have, you know, we'll be able to get better. You know, we might have been right about the 70% getting things right. Well, now we could probably be closer to that 90-95% you know percent getting things right so
0: right so how do you guys help bridge that gap between farmers who are intimidated by the technology mm-hmm. and the drone and don't want to break it and don't really want to touch it are you that bridge <laughs> are you bridging that gap
1: um like i said the guy i'm letting him know that it's it's easier than he thinks i don't let him yeah. you know don't let it intimidate you and then you just reassure him you know like you use you know, a lot of these guys have the climate, the iPad in the, in the cab, they're out doing other things, you know, heck, they can run sprayers, they can run, you know, combines and planters that have screens all over the place. I'm like, it's, it's no different than that. You just, and you're confident, they're confident in that. It's just yeah. getting them to try it. So when you kind of let them know that, oh yeah, you know, I am doing all of these other things. It's like, yeah, like find a drone, you know, yeah. won't be. And I said, if you want, you know, I'll help you, you know, kind of. We can learn together, so to say. Because that's what I've done this year is, since this year's been my first year, kind of learning what the Centera software can all do, you know, going out, kind of just flying guys, fields, getting an idea um, what it does. And then next year, I'll probably start offering it more as a full on-farm service for these guys. Because I said this year, I'm kind of guinea-pigging it and trying to figure out how it all right. works, getting all the bugs figured out. But like I said, by next year, you know, really getting into it so yeah so I, I tell I'm learning too yeah. so so yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, what do you what do you think about that, Jessica? Especially since you are a training specialist, <laughs> helping these guys kind of wrap yeah. their minds around. I this am drone a bridge. Technology. You're a bridge as well. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like he said, um, look at the tractors now. They all are like iPad function. It's it's very similar. So I always say the drone is the least sexy part of the whole thing because you literally give it a boundary and it goes and does it and comes back. It it's very boring to be honest.
0: Um, <laughs> it's not intimidating. Because it's it's hard to mess it up. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool how technology has come yeah. this far. Why is drone technology and software like Senterra needed and important today? I
2: think it's needed and important because um, it's really nice that climate offers you know satellite imagery. But when I look at ag today, I look at. Ag- RTK level accuracy and you look at sub-inch, you know, you're down to the less than an inch of accuracy of where you're placing the seed, where you're placing those nutrients. So uh, satellite imagery can be 30 meters off. I mean, it can be monstrous amounts off. Um, So when you're looking at getting down to that level of accuracy, you need to be able to fly it and have really accurate GPS and really accurate... Uh, crop health masks so you know what you're doing. So that's where I think drones have their place. Mm-hmm. Um, just in increasing that accuracy. And then the other part of it is right now, like we need to do things right now. Like he said, putting fertilizer out. That's not something you can wait uh, until the cloud cover has gone or until, you know, the climate map kicks back. Uh, you, you need to do it now if you notice a problem.
0: Right. So the future, what do you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> I see
2: more automation. Um, I mean, we already hear about Amazon working on drones delivering our stuff. I mean, right. so we're just moving in that direction. I see more automation that way. And then the other thing I see is is not only having the drone automatically do a lot of this for you, um, I see uh, live streaming coming back to the equipment as it's going. So I could almost see like the drone flying over and sending back a prescription lifetime to wow. the yeah. machine as it's going.
0: That's cool.
1: The, and they said, with that kind of, the future i could see you know you see a lot of guys especially around here we put a lot of fungicide on corn and beans i could see application becoming a thing with drones you know because the drone i fly probably couldn't do it or it would take a lot of time to <laughs> right, do a field right. cause it's a little one but some of these bigger drones you know i could see you know them you know applying you know herbicides fungicide even like spot you know spraying so kind of doing that which i'm sure will come because there's,
2: there's drones out there that do that now yeah yeah, yeah. You can buy a drone that'll actually spray your field for you. Wow.
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's something where, you know, gosh, might probably save equipment costs too. And yeah. you know, so, if you're yeah, not. I think
2: like the spraying drone now is like around $16,000, which yeah. is peanuts compared to oh, yeah. the price of a ground rig.
1: Yeah. And I said, and they, I've heard that it almost does like, and this might be wrong, but it does better penetration because the the propeller, it pushes it actually down into kind of like when a helicopter sprays, you know, right. it, it pushes the exactly. the chemical or the fungicide or whatever it is down into the canopy. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it'll be interesting to see, like I said, I'm excited to kind of get more into it. You know, the imagery is just going to get better and better. I think it's right now it's kind of almost endless and kind of, it seems like a fantasy, but right. I mean, it, it's, it's coming to life too. It's so
0: cool. Yeah. Do you have a specific customer or, Farm that that is a good example of how the drone technology really helped them improve um, their crop or their field conditions or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I have. like I said I'm running on two guys this year, and I actually got this idea by talking with uh, you know Jessica and the other people at Centera Is we did a we had a late planted um, corn crop just because of the you know weather conditions, and it's on a bottom so. We went in and um, we could kind of tell the field was, you know, a little bit behind. So we went in and added some uh, fertilizer in and then also did an application of fungicide just to kind of keep the health, plant health up and everything. So what uh, Jessica and Sentara said, hey, let's go fly this field before he decides to put any, you know, anything on it get that field health imagery, show the guy and then show them before and after. Then we flew it what ten days I think after the fungicide application, and it came back, and the green spots were greener. The the bad spots, the they you know shrunk down. So a guy's seeing you know his return on investment on the um, fungicide you know before even going to harvest. You know because mostly we would have to wait until harvest. Like okay, maybe it did or you know did it was it other factors. Well you can see within ten days that yeah that fungicide really made you know a difference. So doing things like that. Um, yeah, I was able to fly a field of, of beans for another guy and just by, you know, did field health on it, but then also looking at the actual, um, photos that come back that it snapshots, you could see that the canopy was really, um, eaten up by, it was a thistle caterpillar that mm-hmm. was coming through and you could really tell. So we, that was a right away. I told him don't even wait because, you know, there's a certain stage of the beans. That they want us to apply it, but I told them we probably wouldn't even get to that stage if we didn't spray <laughs> it. So yeah, we went out and... Um, they applied the insecticide on and it it helped, you know, I mean, it it knocked down all the caterpillars. Now the field looks normal for, (laughs) for all things considered. So, but yeah, I mean, that was kind of a neat thing to see is the actual, um, I guess what do they call it, Jess, is it the RGB, just the RGB photo? The color photo? Yeah, the color photo. Yeah. Yeah, So it was just a color photo. You know, we had the field health and there was the spots that showed up, but then you could, um, filter and look at the RGB map. Mm-hmm. Of it, and it just shows a true color of what the map is, and you can zoom in pretty close, and it shows you how, you know, torn up or eaten up the the canopy was. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty neat to see how close you can actually get because you said think think about it, the drone's only flying, you know, twenty feet above right. the canopy or so. So yeah, it does it does a great job. And so that was that was probably two examples of using the drone where actually. Help with an in-season application where guys are, yeah.
0: Yeah, and invaluable Mm time-saving. Like you said, not having to wait all the way until harvest to see if something was successful or not or helped or not, yeah. I did the thistle caterpillars. It's funny you said that because I did the
2: exact same thing the other day. (laughs) I had seen we'd had first flush um, uh, in July, and the beginning of July, and then we just had another flush of thistle caterpillars come through. So it's funny you said that because I
0: just went out and did a (laughs) a couple flights for that the other day. Wow, that's neat. This is so interesting. (laughs) How tough is it being a farmer today, and how do you guys help?
1: I think you know today, you know it's I. I like to help farmers. I don't know if I would want to be a farmer, just because, like I said, they they have a lot of you know things they have to worry about. You know the between where the markets are, the mother nature kind of decides what their final product's going to be usually. And like I said they're making a lot of decisions, and it's more I would say business oriented now than it ever has been. You know these guys are. You know the banks are getting a little tighter. The insurance companies—they want more information. You know the good old boy system is kind of right. going away, where you you know you need to have all this information. So I think you know it's our responsibility, as you know agronomists and a partner with the farmers, to give them as much information to make these decisions. You know as we kind of talked earlier that they they can. So that's that's where like Jessica, there's I don't think there's n- too much information probably isn't a thing because they like it's the decisions they have to make. You know, at the end, it's all up to them, but, you know, we can hopefully, hopefully get them to, to make the right one. Right. So.
0: And as farming maybe gets more difficult, there's also more, the advances in technology are mm-hmm. kind of counteracting that a little bit, maybe, to make it a little easier. What What do you think?
2: Uh, I, I'm going to throw it all the way to precision ag in general is just going to help any farmer today because... Return on investment is so important, and knowing where your break-evens are is, is the most important thing that a farmer can do right now. Just because if they don't know where their break-even is, they don't know how much it's going to cost them to do that. They don't know how much mm-hmm. this fertilizer that fungicide is going to cost them. They need to know you know where they're at, and they need to know inch by inch across their field. You know, maybe this part's not not uh, returning its investment. Maybe I should mm-hmm. you know plant a CRP and say to heck with it. You know, those are things that they need to be considering. Um and, you know, maybe it's a lower stand count that they need to do or maybe, you know, it's it's just something that they need to change the way they've done it always because they have to adapt to the, the climate we're in now.
0: Now I kind of want to talk about just a little bit on your background in ag and why you got involved in drone technology. When I look at, like, how I ended up in my role, I look at, uh,
2: you know, I became a CCA because I really liked helping farmers and I liked uh, scouting fields and I liked, you know, the science of it. And I look at... Precision Ag is like the next level of that. I look at, um, you know, what's the next piece that you can really help help a grower with. Um, so when I came to Sintera, that was a huge part of it. Was we are offering a really great product that can help farmers better their farm and better their their family life. And you know, that's that's what I wanted out of out of a job. So I think Sintera is a good fit, just in that it's kind of that next level of of adding value for the grower. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like I said I started at the uh, university in business, thinking that's what I want to do, and it got, you know, halfway through <laughs> the freshman year, and I was like, I can't do this. I, you know, so I, I got into agronomy, um, yeah. and it's funny because a lot of people are like, you know, what did you graduate with? I'm like, agronomy degree. They're like, what's agronomy? And I'm like, it's the science behind farming. And yeah. so, you know, it's kind of – and like yeah, yeah, it really intrigued me, and then um, – I got out of school, worked for a co-op and did a lot of scouting, but then um, was always interested in the seed. You know, seed, for me, I always like the seed because that's kind of where it starts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, you know, we talk about the chicken or the egg, you know, but I, you know, seed's kind of where it starts. So I kind of always had the passion for the seed um, part of it. And honestly, coming over to Channel just made sense just because I feel them as a company, they're they're probably one of the more progressive companies and like me being a younger guy and like you know Jessica said with the precision and how things are going where ag industry is going you know i think channel was you know right in line with all that going forward they're very customer focused you know every our whole platform what we do is kind of based around you know the field checkup series seamanship at work you know kind of always being on the farm with the farmer and like i said the whole with, in partnering with sentera kind of the same all part of it you know it's just part of another tool in the toolbox to help right. farmers so
0: I normally like to end on kind of a lighter question of like, why do you love your job?
1: (laughs) I would say I I do what I do just because I, you know, I just love the ag industry. Like, I believe what farmers do is very important. You know, they feed the world. So that's, you know, a big part of it. And just it seems like we're all kind of everybody in the ag industry is almost like a big family. You know, like there's, you know, there's other companies you have, you know, your competitors and stuff, but at the same time, you know, we're all, we're all in it for the farmer or we hope we are, you know? So that's kind of why, why I do what I do. So
2: I love working at Sentara just because it's, it is kind of that, that bridge between technology and, and ag today. Um, you know, I grew up <laughs> on a farm and I remember riding a 1086 with my dad and, <laughs> hitting my head on the roof of it every time we bounced across (laughs) anything. Uh, And I think back to that, I'm like, wow, we have come so far from the days of bonking your head on the window to, (laughs) uh, to, you know, tractors that drive themselves and, uh, you know, drones that are flying overhead and giving you prescriptions on where to be applying stuff. It's, it's, I do what I do because it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to see where we're going. It's exciting to see how we can help people get to those
0: those levels of accuracy well thanks you guys for joining us today We really appreciate it and we'll catch you next time on the next episode of channel chat it was really fun and i learned a lot talking to colby and jessica about drones and their place in a farmer's field they both agreed that the technology is available the opportunity for more information is there and it can only help farmers make more informed decisions faster which hopefully means a better chance for their success Now let's send it over to Grain Marketing Consultant, Matt Bennett, who's going to talk us through some strategies to consider when it comes to grain marketing.
3: This is Matt Bennett, Channels Grain Marketing Consultant, continuing a series of uh, different marketing topics that we're trying to cover this year, trying to help producers out uh, because obviously there's a lot of challenges, especially in a year like 2019. And so I get questions about uh, how uh, should we put strategies together. And so that's what we're going to focus on here for a couple of sessions. You know, first of all, a lot of producers in the past had simply, uh, you know, sold across the scale. And some still do. And, uh, you know, uh, if that's what works for them, that's perfectly fine. But as we've seen the last several years, you know, there's some different strategies producers can employ, which can actually help them navigate the risk uh, of this market going up and down so violently at times. And so for the last 3 years 15 16 uh, or actually 16 17 and 18 we saw uh, you know a, a high in the summer time frame uh, above $4 uh, which wasn't exactly a, you know a home run by any stretch of the imagination but then we backed off into harvest all 3 years and a lot of folks think well we're going to see that high and back right on up into uh, harvest again that very well may be the case but as a producer our job isn't necessarily to try to outguess the market our job is is to put together some sort of a strategy that's actually going to benefit our operation. so the first part uh, in my opinion to put a strategy together is you absolutely have to know uh, what your cost of production is what it's going to cost you uh, to break even on your farm, I don't want to just break even, but I certainly want to beat that break even as much as what I possibly can. So the first thing is I, I figure out uh, what level I need to start selling at. You know what's going to be best for my operation. Uh, if true break even is three dollars, then maybe I need to be selling at three twenty-five or three thirty uh, basis of these corn. And so uh, the first thing is you got to know uh, where that point is that you can you can uh, start to get some return on your investment. Second of all, we've got to put a marketing plan together that essentially uh puts that together you know and so it 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 works hand in hand with that cost of reduction break even i understand as a producer uh, where i'm going to be able to make money and 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 identify where i'm going to actually start making those sales Uh, you know the next thing that i might do uh, by all means is to uh, uh, decide what kind of percentages i'm going to be Uh, working with and so you know that changes as the calendar year goes and so when I'm putting a strategy when I'm putting a marketing plan together I've got to understand that the earlier in the year the earlier in the marketing year I'm probably going to be a little bit less aggressive but of course that's going to be a function of what kind of prices am I looking at Uh, there's just a whole host of things uh, to consider Uh, but earlier on in the year I'll be a little bit less aggressive unless the market offers me some type of a ridiculous price Uh, later on in the year as I get a little bit better handle on production I might be just a little bit more aggressive perfect example of this is here in 2019 if producers didn't have a good fall last year and did get any anhydrous on maybe they didn't apply any chemical they're probably a little bit less likely to go ahead and sell some corn than what might be the producer that's got corn that's uh you know ankle top high right now because they're able to plant earlier have their anhydrous on, uh, you know, and chemical as well. And so every situation is different, but when you're putting a marketing plan together, you got to know your own situation, and then you've got to be proactive about how you attack the markets. Uh, we'll come to you with another episode on on how to put together a marketing plan and some of the specifics that we can all learn from uh, whenever we're trying to manage risk on our operations. So once again, this has been Matt Bennett, the grain marketing consultant with Channel Seed, and... Uh, Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear more from season two of Channel Chat. Learn more at ChannelPodcasting.com.